May 23rd. And as we look to the New Testament, today's reading will take place in the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. And here we'll learn what Jesus knew. Because of what Jesus knew, He did what He did. He washed the disciples' feet. Jesus knew where He came from and where He was going. He knew that the Father had given Him all things. If you have all things in your hand, you'll have no problem picking up a towel and serving others. Jesus taught them a lesson in fellowship and in keeping themselves clean before the Lord. We'll also learn what the disciples knew. Jesus taught them a second lesson. True happiness comes from humble service. Jesus gave them an example that we must follow today. Alas, soon after this lesson, the disciples began to argue over who was the greatest. All right, with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 23rd, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that His hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of His love. It was time for supper, and the devil had already enticed Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given Him authority over everything, and that He had come from God and would return to God. So He got up from the table, took off His robe, wrapped a towel around His waist, and poured water into a basin. Then He began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel He had around Him. When He came to Simon Peter, Peter said to Him, "'Lord, why are you going to wash my feet?' Jesus replied, You don't understand now why I'm doing it. Someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, But if I don't wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you are clean. But that isn't true of everyone here. For Jesus knew who would betray Him. That is what He meant when He said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, He put on His robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me Teacher and Lord, and you are right because it is true. And since I, the Lord and Teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. How true it is that a servant is not greater than the master, nor are messengers more important than the one who sends them. You know these things, now do them. That is the path of blessing. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know so well each one of you I chose. The Scriptures declare, The one who shares my food has turned against me, and this will soon come true. I tell you this now, so that when it happens you will believe I am the Messiah. Truly anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was in great anguish of spirit 
and he exclaimed, The truth is, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. One of Jesus' disciples, the one Jesus loved, was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who would do this terrible thing? Leaning toward Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus said, It is the one to whom I give the bread dipped in the sauce. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, Hurry, do it now. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. I want to talk to you about believe, what you believe, what you believe. What you believe about your God, but also what you believe about yourself. Belief is a very important thing. It's not just a matter of denomination. It's not just a, a matter of being a part of a group or a tribe or a clique or a cult. Belief has all to do with your philosophy that you live by, your vision, your purpose, your goals. I know you're weak. I know you made mistakes. I know you've erred along the way. But if you believe me, it is counted unto you as righteousness. The enemy does everything he can to tear down your belief system. You're able to do anything but fail. If you know who you are, then you know who you are not. If you don't know who you are, somebody can ascribe any identity onto you and you will morph into whatever they want you to be. And that's what has happened with a whole lot of us. Some of us have been 10 or 12 different people depending upon who we were with because we don't know who we are. We become whoever they want us to be. And then when they leave us, we are confused because we have no real understanding. Who we are. If you open up a business, if you open up a company, one of the things you have is vision, purpose, and goals. And you write them down so all of your staff and all of your team and all your customers can know this is who I am. I am defined by my vision, my purpose, and my goals. That's my playbook, that's my creed. That's what I believe as a company, as an institution. I can do all things. Somebody say, I can do all things. Say it again, I can do all things. Wouldn't it be amazing if you believe that? Wouldn't you sleep good tonight if you believe that? Wouldn't you walk around with your head up and your back straight if you believe that? Say it again, I can do all things. 
You would be intimidated by anybody, anywhere, at any time if you just believe that. Say it again. I can do all things. Can you imagine how different your job interview would go if you really believed that and walked in? They said, what do you do? I can do. Imagine if you were taught that from the time you were born into the world. The first thing your mama told you when they spiked you on the behind is don't worry about it, baby. You can do all things. I want you to understand that the predicament that you are in right now does not define your destiny. Every time something whispers in your ear and says you can't make it through this, you can't take this, you're going to have a nervous breakdown, you're going to lose your mind, you're going to die like your mama did, you're going to get sick like your daddy did, you got to talk back to those voices and say, hey! Sickness is a liar. Failure is a liar. Depression is a liar. Suicide is a liar. Despair is a liar. Spirits of heaven is your liar. Disease, you're a liar. Can't learn, you're a liar. Can't read, you're a liar. Can't make it, you're a liar. Can't take it, you're a liar. You ought to call out every liar. Today we're reading from Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Now the theme of this unique psalm is the Word of God. Every verse, except five, refers to God's Word, what it is, and what it can do in your life if you let it. The arrangement is also quite unique. There are 22 sections of eight lines each, and the lines in each individual section begin with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The first eight lines begin with Aleph, the next eight with Beth, and so on through all 22 letters. This may have been a device to help people memorize the psalm. Now the writer had a great love for the Word of God, and was persecuted because he obeyed God and opposed sin. Most of the verses are either prayers for God's help, or affirmations of the writer's faith in God's truth despite his difficulties. Now, meditating on this psalm ought to make you love and treasure the Word of God more and more and obey it more willingly. Our approach will be to emphasize in each section one special ministry of the Word to your life. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Happier people of integrity who follow the law of the Lord. Happier those who obey His decrees and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep Your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect Your principles! Then I will not be disgraced when I compare my life with Your commands. When I learn Your righteous laws, I will thank You by living as I should. I will obey Your principles, Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word and following its rules. I've tried my best to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your principles. 
I have recited aloud all the laws you have given us. I have rejoiced in your decrees as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your principles and not forget your word. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 29 and 30 The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayers of the righteous. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health.